Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. It's week 11. Indiana's back on the field this weekend on Saturday at noon at Memorial Stadium as they take on the Maryland Terrapins. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman uh, to talk about Indiana's next matchup against the Terrapins. Indiana comes in at 4-5, and 1-5 and five in the Big Ten. Maryland comes in at 5-4. and four. Uh, at, at three and three in the Big Ten, uh, Maryland's looking for that all-important sixth win. Indiana's looking to get off the Schneid uh, after a four-game losing streak and the open week. So a big game for both teams. Uh, it's it's one of those games that Indiana just has to win. Start running at home. Uh, when you talk about the program taking the next step uh, forward, these are the games that Indiana has to win. I. I I don't mind, uh, you know, I don't really care about beating Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State uh, every couple years. These are the games that Indiana has to win, and they had to win last uh, last time out against Minnesota, too. Once they start winning those games, those are the games that will turn uh, this program around. We bring in TJ Inman. TJ, how are you? I'm doing well, yeah. Yeah, we We've talked about before, um, you know, when you're in a position like Indiana and like several other programs as well, uh, you are faced with those toss-up games. Uh, you definitely should win, like your Ford Internationals, uh, Ball State, uh, but, you know, games that, that are not not easy necessarily, but uh, games you're definitely expected to win. Uh, the games that you're not expected to win, and they're a, a steep hill to climb, like Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State uh, and Michigan State, you, you can you know you can win one of those occasionally, but you're not going to bank on it. Uh, and then you've got a you know, few of those up games: Minnesota's this year, Virginia, uh, Indiana got that one, um, Maryland, Rutgers, which lately has fallen into a should win category, but uh, and then. You just you have to get more of those games than you lose, uh, and the one to Minnesota obviously was a game Indiana, you know, really had to have and uh, failed to do so, and that looks even worse after uh, the Gophers were shellacked by Illinois last Saturday. So, uh, you know, for postseason eligibility purposes, Indiana's not going to Michigan to win. Um, so, you know, they have to win this one to have a prayer. Uh, on the last day of the season uh, against Purdue, a team that is certainly better than Indiana, uh, but it's conceivable that IU could could win that game. Um, uh, again, I don't see that happening, but it's possible. Uh, all that goes out the window if they cannot beat Maryland on Saturday. 
Yeah, and before we go on, TJ, I do want to apologize to our listeners about the quality of audio last week. Uh, hopefully, I got that issue fixed. I'm using a new microphone and have sat closer to the internet router at home. Uh, so hopefully that's all fixed. I, I appreciate people reaching out to me, letting me know that's a problem. Because when I test the audio before the show and it plays back, it sounded okay to me. And, and we just can't, while doing a live show, uh, it, it's you can't really tell those problems until uh, it's all said and done. Uh, but anyway, going back uh, to that point, TJ, this is a Maryland team that, is dealing with a lot of off the off the field stuff. Uh, DJ Durkin was reinstated for a couple of days and then fired. All that, you know, Jordan McNair's death, all the toxic culture, off the field stuff. Uh, it's catching up to them. They haven't played well against the good teams uh, in, in the Big Ten, uh, Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan. And they just, you know, they they haven't looked uh, that good outside of the, the Texas game. Uh, they lost to Temple uh, when Temple was struggling earlier in the year. Uh, and they, uh, you know, they haven't scored an offensive touchdown against some of these Big Ten elite teams uh, since garbage time uh, in at Michigan. So uh, we'll see what they, they come out. They're going to... Uh, they're going to try and run the ball. They have better rush offenses in the Big Ten, but that's about it. If you go into their stats, uh, you know, look at their stats. It's run heavy. They're not very good in total offense uh, in, the, in the Big Ten. And, you know, rushing, they're pretty good at rushing. They're third in the conference rushing at, at – um, Averaging 5.8 yards a carry and 220 yards a game, but if you go into total offense, which is combined passing and and rushing yards, they're sitting at 13th, just ahead of of well, not just ahead of Rutgers, but only ahead of Rutgers because they are about 70 yards per game better than Rutgers uh, total total yardage wise and. You know, Maryland's just one of these teams that Tom Allen has had an issue uh, stopping, although it's a different staff, um, you know, than the last couple of offenses they have. They still have, have got a really good, uh, really good rushing offense led by Anthony McFarlane, who's their freshman running back. Uh, Ty Johnson, who, TJ, we both have been uh, Ty Johnson fans for his entire career at Maryland. Uh, and then you yeah. have a couple other guys, Fleet Davis, Javon Leak, uh, Lorenzo Harrison, who is another good guy, has only played in two games. Uh, and he, he banged up. Uh, so yeah. they like to run the ball. Kasim Hill is not – their quarterback is not a very good passer. Completes about 50% of his passes. Uh, has nine touchdown throws and, and three interceptions, but you know it, it, it's a one-dimensional offense. If Indiana shuts down the run, they they should have a good shot at coming out at uh, on top of this one. It's kind of a it's a it's a revenge game for them too for Indiana. It, 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 IU went into Maryland last year, got up sixteen nothing, and 
and and blew that game. And we'll see we'll see what happened. <laughs> And we'll see what happens. But that that was last year. That was the game, kind of like Minnesota, uh, that cost IU a bowl game last year. And, and you got to believe that Tom Allen uh, and those guys uh, remember what Maryland did to them uh, a year ago, and uh, will not take them take them lightly. Well, uh, you know, it's a good rundown of Maryland. Uh, essentially, it's. As one-dimensional as it gets in the Big Ten, really, uh, um, Ty Johnson is, is a guy that you certainly have to game plan for. He was uh, invisible, and I, I do not think he played at all. Uh, he, d- he did not again. play. Um, yeah, okay. I, I, I was looking for an injury update for him. I know he got hurt against Michigan uh, roughly a month ago and has been limited since, and, and so – you know, did not play, I guess. Uh, I knew I didn't see him, but I, I couldn't find anything uh, preparing for the show. I, I could not find anything regarding his status for Saturday, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, Ty Johnson, not just as a running back, but I think his bigger factor uh, would be if he's able to go for special teams purposes. Um, mm-hmm. Indiana's, you know, coverage units have left uh, a lot to be desired and Ty Johnson, a guy that can certainly uh, burn you as a return man. So that's yeah, sort of aver- watch. Um, yeah, average, averaging 27 yards per kickoff return with the with the touchdown. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like every year he's yeah he's putting up yardage, uh, and he, he's been fun to watch. We compared him to Tevin Coleman a little bit when he was a freshman and came into Indiana and just, yeah. That, Average nine yards, almost you know nine or ten yards per carry, uh, wearing number six and, and running down the sideline with speed. So, yeah, he's a guy who, if he does play against Indiana, that, that's a break. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, I I think one of the one of the more disappointing uh, progressions, if you will, uh, in the Big Ten has been Kasim Hill. Uh, a lot more was expected of him than what he's been able to give them this year. Uh, now, I will say that I don't think he's working with uh, with much in terms of wide receivers. Um, not a lot there. You know, D.J. Moore um, was just a huge loss for that offense. They've not been able to even come close to replacing what he did for them uh, in the past game. Uh, and it, it's left them, um, you know, as, as basically – they can hurt you uh, if you make major mistakes in the secondary. Um, you know, if you stay sound coverage-wise, I don't think they have any receivers or a quarterback capable of burning you uh, more than once or twice in the pass game. Uh, so it's going to be a guy use running defense to uh, to step up and and slow them down. It is S and P plus wise is the 100th ranked offense. Um, yeah, which Indiana is. Uh, I think 14 spots higher than that, and we know that IU's offense has struggled. So uh, that kind of gives you a glimpse of where Maryland's at on offense. Now the other side of the ball, they've been they've been pretty good. Uh, 36, I think overall, S&P plus. Um, I think that they've been pretty steady as a unit all season. Uh, 
not spectacular, but they haven't had any uh, woeful outings. And, uh, you know, they've, they've done okay uh, considering that their offense has struggled. So um, I'm interested to see, number one, how does Maryland come out uh, and attack this game? Because uh, last week it, it did look like for the first time all year that they, they really would rather not have been out there um, and that that could be, you know, complete just unfair guesswork on my part. Uh, but that that's just what it looked like. There was really – Michigan State got ahead early, and there was very little doubt about what the outcome of that game was going to be. It was more or less just playing out the clock. Uh, yeah, and then they, and Michigan State – that game turned on, on two plays, too. Uh, you know, Maryland picked off a pass, which they're excellent at. They have uh, 16 interceptions on the year. But they picked off a yeah. pass. Looked like they were going to go in for a pick six. And I think it's Dow Stewart, um, the wide receiver for Michigan State, raked at the ball right at the goal line, uh, causing the fumble. It ended up being a touchback for Michigan State. Got the ball back in, in the next play later. Um, Connor Hayward takes an 80 yard for a touchdown to make it 24 three instead of 17 10 uh, with all the momentum. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of was the dagger. I, I watched most of that game. Um, I, I watched the Texas game over again where, you know, they have the Texas game is such an outlier uh, to me uh, because you had yeah. uh, Jay Sean Jones played really, really well. And you expect to go back and look at his season stats, and he, you know, he's he only has 177 yards receiving, and more than half of those, uh, you know, 73 of those came against Texas, and yep, it, it, it's that that's the crazy part about this offense, and and uh, throwing the ball, they look really good throwing the ball against Texas. Uh, after that, you know, they went to Bowling Green and won. They got they they lost Temple and looked really bad. And they've kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde after after winning yeah. two open season. They have alternated wins and losses the rest of the way. Haven't looked against the good teams in the Big Ten, uh, but you know, it, it's their defense is uh, is going to keep them in it. Uh, for their offense to hang around and, and score some points and, and they do the ball away. I believe this is the top two teams in the big 10 and total takeaways. Uh, and, Correct. you know, yeah. and uh, you know, we'll see. It could be classified as an ugly football game, but usually those ugly football games turn into exciting games. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. And that's what this is probably going to be. And they, they played, uh, some close close games uh, recently, you know, those couple of years. Been some funky games. Indiana fell behind in 2015, uh, 21-3, and, and stormed all the way back last year. Maryland fell behind and stormed back. And then uh, in 2016, you had – it was just a back-and-forth game where Indiana got out in front, then Maryland went ahead, then Indiana came back, and – uh, you know that that was the, the old bacon and legs game, but uh, yep, 
it's good. It's this is a big game for both teams because Maryland does not have a lot. This this might be their only chance at, at a sixth win this year uh, with Ohio State and, and Penn State to, to close the year. And India needs that fifth win because you can't go into Michigan thinking oh, no, we got to win this one uh, to go to a bowl. If um, to five wins going into Purdue. It's a rivalry game. We said that last year going into Purdue, anything could happen. Um, Purdue's playing really well right now, and, and they could be – they're one game behind Northwestern, although Northwestern has that tiebreaker. That that bucket game is, uh, if Indiana wins on Saturday, is going to hold a lot of importance for because Purdue could be playing for a trip to Indianapolis uh, as well as Michigan champions. Uh, and Indiana could be playing for all birds for the third time in four seasons. And, TJ, we've seen a lot of people jump off this IU football bandwagon and call for Thomas head and say, you know, why, bo- why bother rooting for this team that's going to rip your heart out? But, you know, it, it's tough at four and five, but if they get this one – you're still going into the last game of the season and needing a win to, to get a bowl game. And, and if they win that one, going into the season, I believe we said six wins is all you need uh, to have a successful year. It was bumpy. Did you like right. it? Are changes coming? Probably. Uh, but it's really too early to to really put a fork in the season, put a fork in the staff, and, and move on. While we did put Tom Allen on the hot seat last week. It, it's it's true. His seat is, is warming up in terms of this is a home game you have to win. Uh, and you, you want fans to buy in. You you want, uh, you know, to create that culture. These are the home games IU has to win uh, to do that. Right. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I think Indiana's game plan – Given the opponent, uh, and really given what IU has shown they're capable of doing, uh, I would love to see an Indiana game plan that was, you know, let's come out, establish Stevie Scott and Ronnie Walker, who I think has had some very nice runs, uh, establish those two and beat them and pound Maryland, because I think that run defense, uh, they can be had. Um, the secondary for Maryland is the strength of their unit. Um, and their pass rush as well is pretty strong. So establish that, and then from there, you know, take some deep shots. Uh, there, there's no reason to hold anything back any longer. There's just not. Uh, no, this is you're now down offense. to yeah, you're now down yeah. to one game seasons, and this is your one game uh, for the rest of the season because this is about as mathematically not out of it. But this is about as of uh, uh, backs against the wall must win game to get the bowl game as as Indiana's had uh, since the bucket game last year. So it, you're right. You you've you had a week a week to prepare an extra week to prepare to throw in some gadget plays. Uh, they they Tom Allen has said that uh, Reese Taylor has had a lot of work at quarterback the last uh, the last couple weeks. So you know during the open week and all that stuff, it's, you know, it's the feeling that I had last year was that this team left a lot on the field, and it's the same thing going into this game uh, as well. 
how much has this staff learned from that experience going, oh, we've, you know what, we've got to empty the bag. Because if they empty the bag and, and, and run their offense and, and you lose, at least you feel good about, hey, we didn't leave the ace up our sleeve. And um, that's kind of the feeling I had last year was you had, you left a lot of, lot of chips and cards on the table uh, and, and ended up going five and seven this year. It kind of feels the same way. You, you kind of lucked out against the Rutgers and held on, uh, but you know, not using Michael Penix as much and and not throwing the ball deep against Minnesota. And you know, you go back and you say, "I right, shoulda, coulda, woulda," and, and the staff has to learn from that. And you know, if, if you do double reverse pass and Reese Taylor throws an interception, okay, it's like a punt. So you know, whatever. Right. on tape and all those things, but at least you tried and, and you're being aggressive. So we'll see what they do. Maryland, you got to establish the run in any big 10 game to win. And you got to stop the run uh, to do that as well. TJ, what is your matchup to watch uh, for Saturday? Yeah, I think you could go with, uh, I'll just go in general, the run defenses against the run offenses. Uh I think it's specifically, um, I think Stevie Scott against Maryland's front. And then, uh, you know, really Tyon Fleet Davis has been uh, kind of their most exciting back recently. Um, but, you know, Maryland has going to spread that ball around. Indiana's going to feature Scott more. Uh, Maryland's going to have multiple guys get, you know, a handful of carries. Um so I'm going to go with the run defenses against the run offenses. Uh, and so you could say, you know, which offensive line can control uh, the trenches more, but whichever one you have, I think has a really good shot of walking away with this game. Uh, and Indiana's offensive line has to take that as a personal challenge uh, to be able to, to win that battle. Yeah. And I don't want to piggyback off of you that much. But I, I'm going to go a different route and say Indiana against themselves. Uh, this is get you got to yeah, come out yeah. and start fast, uh, you know. So we'll go Indiana versus a slow start. Uh, if you come out sluggish and and uh, and start slow and, and get behind Maryland, they're going to use their rushing attack kind of like falling behind Navy a couple years ago, uh, where you don't get as many possessions, you don't have any many uh, as many chances to score and especially with Indiana's offense taking 12 plays and, and a lot of time to get down the field, uh, it that turns into a single-digit possession game. And if you get behind a couple scores, you have to be just that much better. So Indiana against a fast start or, or against a slow start, however you want to put it, it's Indiana against the start of the game. This is going to be a noon game. I don't believe that, that you know this is going to be a uh, – a family and friend type game uh, in terms of fan turnout with basketball starting the, uh, the, the loss against Minnesota losing four in a row. Uh, they need to have the us against the world mentality, get off of social media, stop posting messages that, you know, yelling at fans for not staying, not going, just ignore it. Turn out, turn off the, turn off the noise, go out there and play football because if they, if Indiana executes, the way that they're capable of, and we've seen it at times, but not for all four quarters, 
they can win this game convincingly uh, and move on. And maybe that's something they have to do for the rest of the rest of the season is block out the noise. You have a lot of people talking about Purdue. You have Indiana fans talking about Purdue uh, being five and five and four after an zero and three start, beating three ranked teams, and you know having a shot to win that Western Division. Uh, you know all the, the the noise about Tom Allen still being a high school coach and uh, the way they've gone about that about Fred Glass. Just go out and play football. And if there's ten people in the stands, so be it. If there's ten thousand people in the stands, so be it. It's you turn turn. Tune out the news, or tune out. Uh, I tune out the news anyway. It's so depressing. But uh, tune out the noise. Uh, tune out the noise, and just put your blinders on and go play, uh, because people have jumped ship, and, and I don't blame them. Uh, but don't let no. them in your seat. Go out, play, start fast. You know. It, People like to see points scored. If you come in two or three, three touchdowns in a row, maybe some of those fans come back in. Uh, maybe they show up against Purdue next week and, or in two weeks and all that stuff. So, you know, we'll see. That's that's my matchup to watch is Indiana against their start uh, and, and those mentalities. It's going to remind me a lot of those 11 a.m. starts up in Northwestern where they don't – and I think Northwestern does it on purpose, but they play – the the dullest music at 11 a.m. and and there's you know a couple hundred people in the stands. It's a bring your own juice kind of atmosphere. So that's my matchup to watch. Um, let's go. One big key to the game, TJ. Yeah, my big key to the game is going to be. Uh, I, I'm going to steal a page from your book uh, and talk about the special teams. Uh, no special teams mistakes. That would mean not allowing any block punts. That would mean, uh, and I, I can't say, I mean, I will say no missed kicks, but Logan Justice has been good this year as a kicker uh, on field goal attempts. He's been good at that. Um, but still, you know, keep that up. Uh, no blown coverages, no missed tackles on the uh, kickoff coverage or punt coverage to lead to big returns. Do not let special teams become a factor in this game. Uh, Indiana has far too often allowed more than one big special teams plays that end up costing them contests, and uh, they can't let that happen on Saturday. Yeah, and that goes right along with the fast start. You sort of get Penn State off, uh, you know, down to the Indiana 36. Last week when that game was, you know, pulled away, they blocked a punt. And uh, being one of the differences in the game and things like that. My key to the game is red zone efficiency. Uh, it, they need to score touchdowns in the red zone. You need to score touchdowns in the red zone and not field goals. It killed them against Minnesota. Uh, it killed them in some big games over the last couple of years. You gotta, gotta score touchdowns in the red zone. Now you don't have to be a hundred percent, but 
you know, two out of every three times, you got to score a touchdown. And field goals, there are times, there's a time place uh, for field goals. And we saw that against uh, Penn State when, you know, that fourth down that the, they went for it and, and things like that, where you kick the field goal to the side uh, and, and things like that. But there's a, a time and the place for field goals. And Indiana right now is, is scoring at 78%. Only a 54% conversion rate on touchdowns, which is just in the big ten uh, compared to Rutgers. Uh, you got to score those, those touchdowns, and, and it looks like against Minnesota they started their, you know, those two point plays. TJ, you mentioned it last week, where you, you body up with John Hale and some of the big receivers getting on the inside of, of the pass defense. Uh, instead of throwing it up for those fade balls. And, uh, you yeah, know, they, they got those two two-point conversions, and, and maybe that's what you do in, in the red zone. Hey, what's our best or second best, uh, you know, our best four uh, two-point conversion plays and, and go do that. So, um, I, I just – I don't understand why Bruce Taylor cannot be an asset in the red zone. Um, correct. A guy that – that is as mobile as he is, uh, that we know can throw the ball. I, I don't care if he's not incredibly polished as a quarterback right now. And I don't, I don't really care that he has not had full-time work as a quarterback for a lot of the season. That, that shouldn't matter in the red zone. You know, you, you give him a package of red zone plays uh, and let him go to work in, in that situation. Um, I just, he, yeah. He's a guy that they've continued to talk about. Hey, we have to get this guy on the field. We have to get this guy with the ball in his hands. Well, do it. I mean, you know, find situations to make that happen. Uh, and if, if if that means you have to force it, well, fine, do so. Um, you know, as we talked yeah. about a little earlier, kind of like there's, they there's did no with other time to pull it out. Nope. And just kind of like what they did with handed balls. Uh, and, and um, uh, who'd they run away? The uh, in, in the in the red zone where they ran that. I think yeah. they scored like three yeah. times on Ohio State in 2012 with it. Uh, that little reverse, you know, you, you bring everybody to the left, you reverse it, and you know he either could throw it to the left or just run it. It was fast enough. And Reese Taylor was fast enough to beat guys to the edge, especially you know maybe not against Ohio. State, four or five times, but certainly against a team like Maryland, you'd expect him to have enough speed to get there. And you just need something. And to go back on the special teams point, TJ, they need something out of this return game. Um, and Yeah, I gave up on that. It's it's something. You got, you know, I I get catching it with Mike Majet and getting the ball at the 25 and making sure you don't fumble it. But if you need a big Go put Jay Williams back there. Go, uh, you know, now that reaches quarterback number two, probably not putting him back there. But, you know, go put Jay Sean back there. Go put Jay Williams back yeah. there. Somebody, you know, somebody who gets through the, the trash and get up past the 25 because you're making it super difficult on an offense to go 75 yards each time they get the ball after an opponent four. And it, it's it's killing them. Um, and, and even though Deshaun Harris hasn't had a, a real good punt return uh, in, in a while, 
he's still affecting that punt game, and guys are shanking balls and kicking it away from him, and, and you get those extra yards um, there like that. But in the kick return game, you gotta, you're preaching aggressiveness. you got to be aggressive, just like what, what's, who cares? You know, what's the difference between five and seven and four and eight outside of a win? And maybe, you know, you reclaim the title as having the lowest win percentage in college football. But, you know, what, who cares? You know, go out and uh, and make a play on, on special teams and things like that. But it, it's going to come down to, like you said, the run game, run defense, and how, how Indiana starts with. Uh, prediction time, TJ. Well, you know, I I, I am an optimist. I uh, choose to be that and with sports because, uh, you know, why not? I just don't see the fun in doing it any, any other way. But uh, I do have to be realistic, and I promised uh, after that Minnesota game that I was not going to pick Indiana to win again until I actually saw it happen on the field. Uh, so that kind of forces my hand here. Uh, Maryland to win, um, you know, in probably as uh, gut-wrenching a fashion as possible. Uh, we'll say Maryland 31, Indiana uh, 24, with uh, with Maryland maybe having a possession of, like, I don't know, five or six minutes at the end of the game to break the tie with the late touchdown. Yeah, you, you go on record saying that that you'd pick them. I, on, it's not winning this one. You're not winning any of them. It, it's a solid Maryland team. They're not a Maryland team. Stop. You've had a you had a couple weeks to get ready for their rushing attacks, and somebody nothing I could do, and and. You know, I wouldn't be totally shocked if that happened. Uh, I'd be very, very disappointed, but I wouldn't be shocked. But I'm going to take Indiana no. uh, to come out with uh, with their hair on fire. Uh, they, you saw them against the, with their their backs against the wall last year. A couple times did it. They did it well two out of three times. Uh, just not that third time. Uh, we'll see how they respond this year. I, I think Indiana is going to take it, establish a run game. Uh, they'll win 20, 28-21 uh, uh, in, a, in a turnover fest. I'd take that for sure. Uh, any Anything to get a win. Um, style points are far from mattering. That stopped mattering a long time ago. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, it would just be a lot, just from our standpoint, and I'm sure from the team standpoint, the staff standpoint, um, everything would just feel a little bit better uh, this coming week if you can uh, get back in the win column. So um, it's a it's a big game for a lot of reasons. Uh, certainly, um, you know, I, I can't help it. I, I always look forward to it, no matter how bleak things look. And they've, I mean, look, uh, it's not too long ago that things were – way, way worse than this. So, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's uh, look, I, I always think that even a bad day of college football is way better than almost anything else sports-wise. So, uh, I'll take it, and uh, hopefully, you know, things go much better on Saturday. Uh, a couple of storylines that I, I do want to mention real quick. Yeah, uh, go ahead. 
you know, you're you're getting towards the uh, towards the end of the season, obviously, where you know, guys, the staff is making decisions on do we redshirt or do we play him. Uh, I think Jacob Robinson would be an interesting guy to whether or not the staff chooses to uh, to play him if he's capable of playing again, um, or you know if they hold him. He's only played three games, uh, so if they if they held him out or maybe two, I'm not sure, but it's less than four. Uh, so even if he is healthy enough to come back, I wonder uh, if him coming back for another year is something he'd be. Uh, interested in doing, um, uh, you know, something to something to watch, perhaps. Uh, and then I, I'm also interested to see uh, whether or not Jason Harris uh, applies for another year of eligibility, and, and whether or not he gets it. Uh, I would anticipate that would probably be set in motion after this year, but another storyline to watch and uh, his play this year has been a wide receiver uh, has been something that I have really enjoyed watching. I think he deserves a lot of credit for continuing to battle back uh, through those injuries and, and be a, a really solid uh, slot receiver for the Hoosiers. So um, those are just a couple of things that popped into my head throughout the, throughout the week that I thought I'd mention. Yeah. Jacob Robinson is an interesting one. You know, really, really want, to finish it out, uh, you know, these yeah. guys he came up with, and you know, came in, in factor if he can, but it would be nice to have a guy like him back on the defensive line next year as well. But it's going to be totally up to them. We'll we'll see. He has yeah. played in three yeah. games, um, and you know that will kind of help. So, but we'll see. Uh, win two out of the next three in the whole game and finishes her strong. Um, Jason Harris is interesting too. You know, three three knee injuries. Uh, it, it would definitely, you know, a, a case to listen to, to get that six year of eligibility. Uh, and hopefully the NCAA would do the right thing. And, you know, this, this does kind of have a future earner. Uh, if he wanted it, yeah. Uh, again, that he yeah, if, he could, you know, those return guys in the NFL that you know is is good for a couple, maybe a couple catch, you know, ten, fifteen catches a year, but could be a, a big threat on, on special teams and the NFL. Look at at those guys, and you know, does he want to? Has he done enough on the field to to go this this next year? Does he want that six year of eligibility, uh, but that's that's an interesting thing to look at. And then, uh, you know, what they do with restart quarterback as well is an interesting storyline. And, and some of these other redshirt guys uh, that they can play or, or redshirt as well. And, uh, you know, we'll see. It, it's the talents there. They, they it, hurted, it hurt a lot to lose Michael Penix because just you saw his arm yeah. strength and you saw yeah. him play. And and your mind just wanders to what this team would be if they, you know, rolled the dice and went with him opening day. And I was going through my text messages, uh, you know, late last night uh, before going to bed, and and I scrolled back to to one that I sent to to people at seven twenty three on September first, <laughs> and it and it said 
Well, they should have started panicked. Uh, and that was after Randy threw that first interception. So, you know, I, I've been on board the train uh, since yeah. since the beginning. And, you know, nobody could deny that. But it's, you know, that's a moot point right now uh, with him being hurt. But the future kind of looks bright. If they could just survive this year and end the end the year on a high note and, and feel good about going in to that uh, into the off season and, and keep this recruiting class together. You have a lot of pieces coming back. Your your run game, you get Cole Guest back. You uh, to go along with Johnny Walker and uh, Stevie Scott. You bring in Sam James as well. Uh, Christian Acheck is, is might be starting to come more as, as well. This wide receiver core it looks really really good, especially if you get Donovan Hale and, and Nick Westbrook back next year. Uh, and guys want to stay. Uh, you get WAP back at 100%. And, you know, you, your mind starts to wonder, wonder what is 2009 going to happen? Uh, and that's why I don't think they're going to blow it up this year uh, with that. Now, there might be some staff changes. I think there should be some staff changes. Uh, but yep. you're not going to blow this whole thing up while you're sitting on, on a quarterback like Michael Penix coming back next year. And, and you know a, a solid running game, and going to have to replace an offensive alignment. But you know we'll we'll see what they do there. So, well, that does it for tonight's show. Phoenix on Maryland from Memorial Stadium at noon on Big Ten Network. Check your local listings. Uh, as always, uh, I'll tweet out the Big Ten uh, BTN Game Finder as well when they put that out. Uh, just a reminder, they have not announced the kick time for Michigan. The networks use their flex, uh, whatever, six-day flex. So you'll find that out on, on, on either late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Uh, and, and then we'll get into, uh, you know, the final quarter of the season. It has gone by quickly, almost too quickly. So, you know, enjoy the last three games. Enjoy the races. Man, this is shaping up to be one of the best finishes in college football uh, that I remember with the races in the East, uh, races in the Big Ten West, the SEC, and and all those. So, we'll see, TJ. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you down in Bloomington on Saturday. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, seems like it's probably going to be a, a chilly one on Saturday, but hopefully the sun's out and uh, we can enjoy seeing Nanny get back into the into the wind column. Either way, we'll provide the coverage and soldier on. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be on the air next Monday night to preview the Indiana's trip up to the Big House, and uh, we'll see oh, what, what happens. <laughs> Nothing good happens up at the Big House. I'll tell you that. Whether it comes from parking the car not having an ice maker in the press box. You know, a gazillion dollars they spent on their press box and left an ice maker. <laughs> it's like something that NASA would do. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. I think I finally got the pop-up, uh, the, the pop-up ad issue. Uh, it's still an issue that people, please, please let me know nicely. I don't really want to be yelled at. It's an issue that I really can't control. Um, but I added security to the site uh, that should help with that. Uh, if you want to point it out, point it out nicely. I, I, I get yelled at by kids 
homophobic, and I don't really want to be yelled at by adults on Twitter, and I will snap back at you and stuff like that. So please nicely tell me that the site is being annoying or that there's a grammatical error, and I really do appreciate that in all seriousness. Uh, but do, uh, do it in a well-toned manner, and, and, and don't be a jerk about it, because I, I, um, I have, you know, a hundred jerks yelling at me all day uh, anyway, and, and I just don't want to put up with that. Anyway, for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, hopefully it's not too cold. And remember, Indiana kicks off at noon 10 Network against Maryland. I see one of their fifth win of the season and trying to break a four-game losing streak. Anyway, that does it for tonight's episode of the Hoosier Podcast, and we'll talk next week. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.